Spezial Kali. You are about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning, there's a possibility that your mind will blow. This show will start five, four, three, two, one. You are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y Yolo Kali in Little Village. Hey everyone, it's Adrian. And it's me, Emmanuel, and we're going to be your amazing host today on today's amazing What's Up show called What We Hold. Oof! But to kick off this amazing show, we got two important people in the studio with us. Hey yo, what's your names? Woo! <laughs> Stephanie? Hey y'all, what up? We got Stephen Hanan in the building. And um two weeks ago, you know, on our spring break, we took a little vacation. Where did we go, y'all? San Francisco. Hey, but you know, uh, we have to come back to reality and we gotta work and make that cash. So we're here today on the radio to tell you all about our trip. Hey, so Adrian, just in general, we went on a trip to San Francisco. How did that go for you? Uh, it definitely went well. We got to skip that snow, for sure, here in Chicago. I know. Except for right now. Oh, you know, yeah. Piling up. I'm out here back with my winter coat in the spring. Um, and yeah, so weather was beautiful. But if you thought you were going to hear it all, no, you have to stay tuned for today's two-hour spectacular. And we're going to talk about our day-by-day experience. But to begin with, how is it that we ended up going on a trip to San Francisco? We had to write an audio piece, three to five minutes long, for the project What We Hold. So, in case y'all didn't know, which y'all should be following Yolo Kali on Instagram, we are in the program called Your Story, Your Way. (laughs) In the program Your Story, Your Way. And last season, we were given a top secret project called What We Hold that was run over in San Francisco by the Contemporary Jewish Museum. And they were looking for young artists all around the country specifically us run through the national museum of mexican art and they wanted us to create a five to six minute audio piece just talking about a personal story of ours something that we created so me and adrian along with all of our fellow students and colleagues created personal and tear-jerking stories about our lives and growing up in our families and me and adrian were chosen of the bunch to go and present at the exhibition over in the Contemporary Jewish Museum two weeks ago for the project What We Hold. You know, that was so inspirational, the piece that I made. I bet you all are going to be so inspired to make your own stories and audio pieces. And overall, I'm so glad that I was given the opportunity to make an audio piece for this project. Um, probably just to begin with, because it was like hard working on like a personal story. Because if you guys have heard any of my work, you know that I create the craziest stuff, and it's not personal at all. So, yeah. And you, uh, how was the experience for you? Uh, it was definitely hard, especially talking to my dad. Just talking about myself is always kind of weird. Uh, most of the stuff that I like doing isn't really like personal or having to do with me. So it was definitely a challenge trying to come up with something that was personal 
and more close to you know to me and to my family but yeah it was it was fun and it was definitely a a great experience i'm glad the project is gonna be up for what like a year about yeah, yeah. till next year march so if you guys are in the san francisco area or if you go to visit you can you know check out our exhibit and listen to the beautiful audio pieces that we've created and put into this world as a blessing so speaking of if you're not able to go to san francisco because the bands and the stacks aren't there financially don't worry, we have a plane ticket right here for you, and we are going to present in this two-hour amazing show all of the audio pieces from the students here at Yolo Kali that they created for the project, What We Hold. So we're going to get started with a first audio piece called The Green Ball, and hopefully you guys enjoy and stay tuned. Do you hear that? That's the sound of a green Mexico edition Adidas soccer ball from my grandpa, Eliseo Velasquez Gerardo. He lives in Parque Residencial, Coacalco, in a city called Coacalco in Mexico State. My mom talks to him every day on WhatsApp. That's the main way they talk to one another. Visas and borders have prevented my mom from seeing him. For 20 years, he wasn't able to come visit us because he didn't have a visa. Then one day, he got one and finally came to America for the first time. I still remember the date, August 10, 2017. When he finally came, I went to O'Hare Airport and waited for him with a sign that said, Welcome, Grandpa. He still keeps this sign in his house in Mexico to this day. During this trip, he bought me this soccer ball at Swaparama at 4100 South Ashland Avenue. The ball is green and beautiful. My grandpa was curious what a tianguis, a Mexican flea market, looked like in Chicago. He wanted to compare the two. While we were there, he bought me this ball. Chicago's tianguis is a lot smaller than the ones in Coacalco, he said. This green ball is not only beautiful, but has a special meaning for me. It reminds me of my grandpa because years will pass before we see one another again. That's why I don't let anyone use my ball. I don't even use it. I keep it under my bed to hide it away from the torment of my little nephew and other kids that want to play with it. What are you doing with my ball? Uh, uh, can I play with it? Oh my god. Diego, what are you doing with my ball? I told you this ball's not to play with. Please? No, Diego. Hera, can I please use your ball? No, Diego. Stop. Give me this ball. Okay, here. I have destroyed so many balls playing football, but never that ball. That ball represents our love for one another and the fun times we share, whether here in Chicago or over WhatsApp. My grandfather left after 17 days of staying in Chicago and when I have a feeling of having some type of contact or touch with my grandpa, I have the ball to hold right next to me. Hola abuelito. Hola hijo. Hola, ¿cómo estás? Pues bien, aquí estamos, este, ahora sí que casi descansando, no ha habido gran cosa en, en el trabajo, en el trabajo de mi hijo Juan, sí. las pizzas, no, no, pero ahí estamos esperando que, que empiecen a llamar. ¿Cómo has estado? Bien, bien en lo que cabe, estamos este, bien ya recuperándome de una pequeña cirugía. Ojalá y te sientes mejor. Sí, 
sí, ya, ya, ya. Te digo, ya. Yo siento que ya casi puedo hacer todo lo que antes hacía. Pues nada más te llamaba porque para que supieras que todos aquí te extrañamos y pues yo también. Ah, muchas gracias, hijo. No, pues yo un día de estos este, voy a hacer lo posible por ir otra vez, ¿eh? Sí, A darles Dios. otra vuelta. Sí, en el aeropuerto. Ajá. Sí. No, pues aquí tengo mi balón al lado de mí, para que sepas. Ah, ¿todavía, ¿todavía lo tienes? Sí. Ah, no, no lo usarás para jugar, lo tendrás en la, no, en la vitrina. No, lo alejo de los chiquillos porque luego lo quieren usar. Ah, bueno. Sí. Bueno, pues gracias, abuelito. Este, Ya voy a ir al parque a jugar fútbol. Ah, Qué bueno, hijo. Sí. Ándale, pues, este, échale ganas a gracias. jugar también. Órale. Ahora, sí. gracias por el balón igual. No, hijo, no, no es nada. Sí, te extrañamos también, te extraño también. Ah, yo, yo también los quiero y los, los extraño y, sí. y los amo a todos, ¿eh? Sí, yo también. Órale, pues. Ahora, pues, gracias. No, hijo, de nada. Ahora, pues, adiós. Adiós. Me saludas adiós. a mis tíos, mis tías, mis primos, por favor. Hijo, cómo no. Ahora. Yo les voy a comunicar eso, ¿eh? Ahora, pues, adiós. Ahora, pues, adiós, hijo. Ahora. Welcome back, guys. Here in the studio, I have Gerardo, and we're going to talk about his piece. So, Gerardo, what brought you to make the piece about your grandpa and the green ball that he gave you? Well, what brought me was that ball because he gave it to me, and that ball means a lot to me because I, I barely see him because so, he lives in Mexico. Mm. So in order to like have something to be close with me that, that can relate to him, Well, I have that ball right there that I never let nobody use it because cause, cause it symbolizes my grandpa. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So it's just something you special you hold. Yeah. Did you talk to your grandpa recent, in more recent times after you gave the audio piece to us and to the museum? Oh, yeah. Um, he told me how, how did it go. And well, like I said, uh, I felt emotional and proud because I would I would never think I would do like something on on that ball, and yeah, basically. And do you think your grandpa heard the story, or did you ask your grandpa if he could listen to it? Oh no, no, it, uh, he doesn't know English. That's why. All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah. It was Thank you. nice listening to your audio story. Yeah. And now, guys, we're going to listen to the next audio piece by Nine. Hopefully, you enjoy. Life is the existence of an individual human being. Therefore, to live, we have to exist. And to exist, we have to experience. Every individual has an identity created by experience. It naturally evolves and shapes your perception of life based on the environment around you, and vice versa. This is what my first minutes of existing on Earth 
Sounded like. Fortunately for me, I am not alone. I was born to a family of three. My mother, my father, and my older sister. My dad will tell you how it went the first time my older sister greeted me home. Hello. Mi nombre es Gerardo Valle, papá de Gloria Valle. Recuerdo cuando, cuando yo ya, Gloria, llegó a casa bien pequeña. Mi hija Carolina pensamos que todo iba a estar bien. Y nomás de repente la sorpresa que, que le, dio un, le dio un cachetadón a, a mi nena. Y pues era normal que estaba celosa. And that was the first time I met my best friend and soul sister in one. She welcomed me home with the punch in the face. Um, hello, my name is Carolina. I am Gloria's older sister. I am 21 years old. We learn most things with each other, from how to dress ourselves to how to defend and protect each other. It wasn't always sunshine and rainbows, for sure. For the most part, we knew regardless of how we felt about each other in a moment of tension, we always remember to step up for each other. I like how we're both like adventurous. We both learn from each other. The thing that I do know that has changed over the years has been the way we communicate with each other. Like I remember like you couldn't even take a shower without me being in the bathroom with you because you were scared of being alone. And I remember that I was just being mean to you and just to mess with you. I would turn on the cold water. <laughs> we might have been a lot to handle. I feel for my mother, such a young woman taking care of two kids alone most of the time, while still developing and figuring out her existence. She would yell first and then we wouldn't listen. Or when we used to get in fights, when mom used to go in the shower, we would wait for her to go in the shower in order for us to fist fight. <laughs> because if she will catch us fist fighting, she will beat our butts or we will get grounded. Um, but I remember we would always try to cover up for each other. I learned how to like you. You know, because we, we are so much alike. We like, just, we're both stubborn. Even though me and you used to fight, I used to take care of you too. Because you were always scared of the dark, and I would tell you not to be scared. My parents' identities were shaped completely different from ours, which is why I sometimes don't blame them for not understanding us. I am still very grateful for all the roots they have raised us with, specifically my father as we stayed with him after their divorce. La cultura mexicana va con nuestros principios de, de que nos dieron nuestros padres. Yo me crié con mi, con mi abuela, me quedé muy chico con mi abuela y pues me dio buenos principios, me dio escuela y es lo que yo trato de darles a mis hijas. Uno en la vida, yo fui muy travieso en mi niñez, en mi juventud, que no se diga, echarle, echarle golpes para enfrente. Eso es lo que, lo que mi abuela me educó y pues igual doy, doy parte de lo que yo aprendí. My father was born and raised in Mexico and has adapted to the Windy City over the years. No hablo mucho inglés, me defiendo, ¿verdad? Pero se me hace más práctico a veces hablar con ellas en español, pero ellas me hablan en inglés y ahí jugamos. He's been able to teach us and show us some of his favorite hobbies he enjoyed as a kid and teenager. Me acuerdo que me las empecé a iniciar parte de nuestra cultura mexicana, el, lo que es la lucha libre, eh, enfocadas de niñas, tuvieron una suerte tremenda de conocer muchos luchadores de nombre en México. Respetable público, lucharán 
les enseñé mi trabajo es mecánico, soy mecánico automotriz y conmigo estaban eh, arreglando carros, eh, viendo música en inglés. Yo recuerdo inclusive que una vez tenían un carro patas para arriba, ustedes estaban este, arreglando, echando mecánica, igual eh, comparándose con, igual que el papá. Gloria se enfocó mucho en mi, en mi estilo de música, que es la, la música, la, como decimos, la música viejita, la oldies en inglés, en español, el rock and roll. Despite generation differences, I enjoy his type of music while learning about cars and our family time at Lucha Libre matches. The screws in my brain shifted immensely after another human being came along, nine years after the beginning of my existence. Pues son cosas bonitas ya cuando nació mi bebé, que es Merlin, eh, otra cosa bonita, otra etapa bonita de mí. Eh, pues ahora sí que mis hijas ya, ya están más grandes. It was blurry at first. But every day, it makes more sense. Some days, more than others. Hello, I am Marilyn um, Valle, and I'm the youngest sister out of um, my older sister. I am 11 years old. Marilyn is like a sponge with eyes. That's when I realized I would be a factor in shaping her identity. I was um, really little. Um, they took me to the bathroom without my mom knowing. And um, they grabbed like, I guess, wax or something. They said that they were trying to fix my eyebrows, but I don't believe it. And they ended up waxing my eyebrows. And that, that's like a funny experience of my childhood so far. At that time, I was identifying myself as an eyebrow lady due to my obsession for beautiful looking eyebrows. <laughs> I definitely wasn't though. Sorry, Meme. I have jammed out with my sisters a lot of times, like if it's not like Spanish music, it's like music that they might like or that I might like and we just like get together and we start singing it and then dancing and stuff like that and I really enjoy it. My sisters have served as a mirror of who I am. I reflect through them and with them. I know they feel the same. So also one of the things that like I have been trying to get my sisters into is K-pop and they have been supporting me a lot with it because they almost talk about it a lot. And then I don't know how to keep their patience. One belief I stand strong on is that we have developed into a mother and daughter to each other. Yet at the same time, I learned how to become a mother and daughter to myself. Whatever you feel, I feel, you know? And then later on with Mirren was born, you know, like we both learned how to you know, recognize what Medellin needed. Medellin helped me a lot because I matured a lot when she came to our lives. Because basically she was little and mom was always sick when, when Medellin was born and Papi was always working. And that's where my motherly love, I guess, kicked in more. The sisterhood I hold with them goes beyond the fighting and making up. We've learned how to value each other's unique identities and how to support one another through our personal dreams and struggles. I don't know, you guys help me a lot because you guys are like one of the main reasons that I keep pushing forward to be a better person. And not only that, I care about you guys. <laughs> like I always tell you guys that you guys are my pride and joy. They get sometimes silly and really hyper sometimes, but they still support me in um, different ways. We are similar 
but we are extremely different at the same time. Pero pues, es algo bonito tener tres hijas, cada una tiene su estilo, tiene, cada una tiene su carácter, pero pues las tres son mis, son mis tres tesoros que Dios, que Dios me dio. I want to thank my dad for showing us his world without limits. He's never looked at us as just girls, and that's primarily the reason why I understand that I don't stand as just a woman, but a unique human being. More so, my soul and blood sisters. I have genuinely been exploring life with them. Our childhood was a bit rough with my mother's absence and dad always working, but if it wasn't for that, I don't know if we'd be this close to each other right now. At this point in my life, I'm still trying to figure out who I am and what I am in society. I'm taking my own routes, but I will forever walk with the energies of my family and my ancestors who raised the generations before me that made my existence possible today. I walk with my mother's attitude, my father's wisdom, my older sister's glamour, and my little sister's innocence. As I keep developing, I will always remember my roots, our sisterhood, and the core of my identity. So I love my family forever, ever, forever. Yay. Okay. I love you guys. I love you too. I'm going to say bye. 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 Thank bye. you. And we're Gracias. out. Gracias. Hasta la próxima. Yes, till next time. Hey yo, what's up? I'm back. And don't forget that you guys are listening to WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, in Little Village. My name is Emmanuel, and I'm back with a special guest. Hello, special celebrity guest. Hey, I'm nine. Hey there, nine. Oh my God, it's moving, y'all. Get an autograph. So, um, you are the mastermind behind the audio piece that we just heard. How was the experience, like the making, the process? How did it make you feel? So, the experience was actually a little difficult at first because it was my first, like, long audio piece with, like, special effects. I was, like, really exploring the audio production with this audio piece. And it was also very difficult in the sense that I was putting together basically, like, a a story that's very emotional and personal for me so a lot of it i was just like oh okay like the songs are making me feel emotional and like the content and it's like okay just stop being emotional and just finish the piece you know yeah <laughs> what inspired or drove you to specifically talk about your family in this project what we hold so at first i was kind of thinking like you know about my identity and like who i am and i feel like over the years i've been a lot of different things like I used to play soccer, so I was like a soccer player. I was, I used to, um, you know, like take boxing classes. So I, you know, I would always be doing different stuff. So I always thought like, well, I'm not really just one thing, you know. And then I realized a lot of the things that I am or was was because of my dad. So like a Lucha Libre fan, like that was because of my dad. And now I'm my own person, but like all those like things helped me become who I am. And then I thought like, okay, how can I... Like, my sisters have shared those experiences with me, so I think I'm just going to focus on our sisterhood because we're, like, very alike, and we were raised by my dad. So um, I was like, yeah, this is, like, the perfect thing because I was able to find my identity or keep finding my identity along the side of my family. 
And how do you feel knowing that your amazing audio piece, by the way, was um, exhibited in San Francisco in the Contemporary Jewish Museum? That is awesome. I never thought about having an audio piece in the museum outside of like Chicago specifically. Um, so I'm just hoping that like whoever heard it was able to enjoy it and like get something from it or even if it was just like a moment of wonder where they're listening to it and trying to imagine the story like i hope whoever just heard it had a good time <laughs> yeah well thank you so much for um your presence today on the mic and for creating this amazing audio piece we're so lucky to have been able to hear about you and your family <laughs> and by the way the public is asking how do you f how does your face feel after your sister whacked you as a baby <laughs> I wish I could remember. I'm glad I don't though, but like over the years I think I got I think she got her payback. <laughs> yeah. Karma. <laughs> thank you though. Well, yeah, thank you so much for um being here with us today and for making that amazing audio piece. And we'll continue with the show. Thank you so much, Nine. Thank you. Um, so now that we've heard two of our amazing Yolo Kali students, Work Nine and Gerardo, we are going to talk a little bit about our trip and me and Adrian's personal experience. So Adrian's here back to spit on the mic. Hello, Adrian. <laughs> hey, I'm back. So we are going to just talk about day one of our trip. Starting off the day, you know, I woke up, the birds were singing, you know, the breeze was nice, and I woke up at like five. So it was really early. I woke up, you know, mad that I had to wake up, but then I remembered San Fran, and it helped to get me through the day. How was your morning? Uh, it was definitely good. I was tired, but same thing. I remembered I was not going to school that day yes. so you know yes. it was fun it yeah. was just kind of rushed getting to the airport you know? yes yes i um we did rush getting to the airport um no names people were late you know <laughs> things happened um you know uh stephanie showed up eventually so you know shout out to shout out to you steph but you know me and adrian were honored to have the opportunity to go to san fran along with our instructor for Your Story, Your Way in the radio program, Stephanie, and then a very important celebrity in the office of Yolo Kali, um, Hanan, Hanafifi. Hello, girl. How you, how, you, how you doing? She's in the back over here. You know, follow us on Yolo Kali so you could see the snaps and the Instagrams. So we made it to the airport on time in the morning. We had our first meal of the whole entire trip at the airport. I had... Uh, a bagel it was delicious <laughs> by the way and so after we made it to our destination san francisco we took a lift and we went to our hotel so adrian what did you think when you first walked into the hotel i was amazed by the amount of the colored gold that was in there yes. um it was definitely enormous right when we walked in um you know that like the giant lobby was I don't know, it was just... Giant? Yeah, it was just giant. <laughs> it was covered in gold and mirrors and marble and fancy furniture. And, you know, shout out to the museum for hooking up, hooking us up for, with this amazing trip. I'm so thankful that the museum was able to give me and Adrian this opportunity. And so thank you to Hanan for scheduling the hotel for us because, you know, we were sleeping on a bougie mattress. <laughs> um, and so after checking into our hotel, we ended up walking on the pier of 
San Francisco. Yeah, <laughs> the, like by the, the pier, area. by the ocean. Yes, we went to go eat some lunch at In and Out, and then we went to the pier, the Bay Area. And you know, I'm a Pisces, so you know, I had such an attraction with the ocean. I wanted to swim in the ocean, and my goal was to take some of the ocean in a mason jar and take it home with me. Um, but I was never able to accomplish my dreams. Thank, thank you to the airport that didn't allow me to take so many ounces on the plane but um yeah i love the ocean it was so beautiful and you what did you think about walking on the pier it was definitely really interesting i'd never seen the ocean no. so you know it was it was really it was really beautiful um i think the best part of the ocean was probably seeing the seals yeah <laughs> they were all piled up on each other and Locking they were fighting everywhere. and everything yeah and i was most worried about the seagulls i didn't want to you know like be pooped on or anything like the seals were acting like savages because we're chicagoans and we're fresh bait over there so they wanted to take the opportunity but i was lucky enough to run and duck um and so then the night came and we went to golden gate it was so beautiful i touched the iron and the steel and then we ended up going on a high mountain to watch the beautiful sunset and that fog started settling into and it, yes. just, it just made everything so much more beautiful than it already was. Yeah, the ocean and the sunset and and, and the mountains. It was beautiful. Yeah, I um we were celebrities by the way over there, so it was it was a magical experience the sunset. You know, the sun is so beautiful over there, so beautiful. Can you attest to that anybody? Yeah, they're saying yeah. But yeah, that was our first day. And then we ended with a late night dinner at 12 o'clock. And, you know, we went to our hotel Chicago and crashed. Time. 12 yeah. Chicago time. No, it was 12 o'clock at night, midnight. We stood up, you know, we went to party. <laughs> we went to go DJ at some, you know, cool place, you know, did all the good stuff. Now, that was the end of day one. So, how was your first night? I think it was good. I think it, I just, it was, I was too tired to think about anything else. So I just kind of crashed. Yeah, yeah it was kinda... one of those trips where you had to like sink in a little to realize that you're on vacation. I didn't really realize that I was on vacation yeah. until the first night. Then Saturday was a good day. Uh, let's tell you guys about Saturday. Oh, wait, no. We're going to play three more audio pieces and then you could hear about our amazing Saturday. So we're going to go into our next audio piece and stay tuned for the rest. Giovanni Macias, you are only a man for your people. You are Mexican and only contribute to those from Jalisco. Everyone else aren't your people. Be nothing but a man. Well, if you see that, I think otherwise. I believe the beauty of the human race is made up by our enchanting, earthy, green, or icy perspectives. Some of us walk with a brighter light others with deep, dark strength, and some of us mestizos hold it all. We have squares, hairs, hourglass, round and triangular shape. Others have missing branches or missing molecules. It's inclusivity. Mamá de naturaleza. How did that come to me? Para mí, inclusividad, inclusividad es... Uh... Incluir a todas las personas, no importa su raza, su religión, sus preferencias sexuales, ni sus capacidades mentales, ni su posición económica. Creo que todos somos iguales. Your whispering wind 
will blow into my ears saying, look for yourself inside another's life and include them to your world for their respect. They are just like you, my creation. En mi casa siempre me enseñaron a respetar a las personas. Fuera como fueran las personas, siempre tenemos que tener respeto hacia todos. Uh, yo respeto a las personas por mi propia experiencia que no siempre fue aceptada por ser una persona gordita. When thunder came to take you down, you learned to not bring fight to the living. You grew up to be the sun to everyone's differences. Una experiencia racista que, que he vivido y fue hace poco fue en el, en el mes de octubre, el 2018, cuando una persona me ofendió a mí y a mi hermana por no saber hablar inglés. She continues to shine her bright light after another life tries to shut her off for speaking her own language due to her unwanted light in someone else's wicked mind. En la secundaria yo tenía un amigo que, que tuvo que dejar la escuela por, por sus preferencias sexuales y le hacían de, demasiado bullying y, y me siento mal que no pudo terminar la escuela, que no lo pude ayudar lo suficiente para que él no abandonara la escuela. Tratamos yo y mis amigas de, de ayudarlo a superar eso, pero... Lamentablemente, él prefirió dejar la escuela porque no soportó el bullying. Me hubiera gustado hacer algo más por él. Mi mamá de naturaleza speaks to her different creatures and defends them from the darkness of the vicious storms the other lives would bring to them, to their differences in their sexuality, disabilities, and color. Estas experiencias me ayudaron a ser más fuerte, más consciente, a ser más accesible con las demás personas, enseñarle a mis hijos que tienen que ser respetuosos con las personas que no son, que ellos creen que no son iguales a uno. She explains that her light reflects light equally. In a mirror image, like the reflection of water, her creations might believe they're different, but all mirror each other. Base en mis experiencias, creo que a mi esposo le, le ha ayudado a ser más tolerante, ya que él viene de una familia muy, muy machista. Y he tratado de, de que vea a las personas que tienen gustos dif diferentes a, a ser más tolerable con ellos y aceptarlos más. To an extent, her value of inclusivity spread through her race. It taught her partner to shine a brighter light on his old wicked views when he used to exclude his creatures. Yo quisiera que las personas con esta entrevista trataran de respetar más a las personas que son diferentes a uno o que ellos creen que son diferentes. Que no se fijen en sus capacidades mentales ni físicas ni en su raza ni en sus gustos personales en sus creencias religiosas. A mí tengo una familia muy normal con una mamá gordita un papá chaparrito un hijo con Hasperger un hijo con un gusto sexual diferente, un, un hijo gordito y chaparrito morenito, tengo una princesita, para mí es mi familia perfecta. Aunque todos somos diferentes, nos respetamos y nos respetamos tal y como somos. Para mí es la familia perfecta, para muchas personas podemos ser una familia muy imperfecta. Pero me gustaría que el mismo respeto que todos tenemos en casa, ellos lo recibieran afuera.
Por eso siempre les he inculcado que respeten a las demás personas y las acepten tal y como son. Soy Liliana Valadez, tengo 37 años, soy la gordita de la historia y soy la mamá de Giovanni. My mother nature tells me. I have a family with a mom who's more chubby, a short dad, a son with Asperger's, a son with different sexual preferences, a son who is the darkest in her family and the little princess. And to her, that's a unique and normal family who respects their differences. So how do we shine brighter? We all grew up from a struggle. Wake up every day just like they do. Put our pants up one step at a time. You bleed blood just like the next person. And we all create the mestizo blood and culture that we try to preserve as we are all made up from one another. We are all creatures that should include our differences to create this family where we don't segregate ourselves from what makes us mestizo. The key is to respect. The key to our light is to include the unincluded. All right, guys, uh, we're back here at Yolo Kali, and I'm here with Gio, where we're talking about his piece. Gio, what was your process of making your audio piece, and what went through your head while you were making it? Well, it was pretty much like my first official audio piece, and I really admired my mom, and I really wanted to have her in my audio piece, but not only that, but I had to think about myself, and like, one like who am I today and I'm somebody that likes to be very inclusive and I learned that from my mom so pretty much those things together collide and yeah pretty much do you really did you like the personal aspect of the entire project or was it difficult for you to add you know like that little like personal touch oh no for me like if it was if it was my mom like I was like oh there like that's my personal like touch to my story was there any difficulties you had throughout process of making your audio piece or was it just like, you know, like a little smooth ride going through? I think it was pretty smooth, basically just because like I look up to my mom and so I feel like anything that she says or like advice, like it's perfect in my eyes. And then how do you feel about your audio piece being presented at the uh, Contemporary Museum in San Francisco? I think it's amazing. I feel like it's something that should be heard. The same thing with like everybody else's audio piece. And yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's like a surreal thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Gio. Thank you. It was you. fun talking to you. Thanks. All right. Uh, the next audio piece we are going to be listening to is Melissa's A Tale of Two Cousins. Have you ever met someone who knows what you're thinking about, even before you said it? Have you ever felt connected to a person that lives thousands of miles away, maybe having parallel lives? Because I do, and this person is my cousin. Abraham lives in Zacapo, Mexico, and I have lived in Chicago my entire life. My name is Melissa, and I'm 16 years old. Abraham and I have only spent eight months together, as total through our entire lives. But it feels like an eternity. We live in two different countries, but in the same universe. We love Radiohead, reading, and art. We talk on the phone every month and our conversations last hours. The first memory I have with my cousin was when I was 12 years old, and he was about 14. I was listening to Radiohead in my room when I hear my mom handed me the phone saying, my cousin wanted to talk to me. He wanted to know what song I was playing. 
This was the first time I actually had a conversation with him. It was nothing like the forced, hellos, how are you doing conversation your family pressures you to have with your cousin. This conversation was something that actually interested me. Abraham's first memory of me is from a year later when my family traveled to Mexico. My cousin's family picked us up in the car at the airport. Cuando veníamos en el carro, igual de importantes que los primos que tenía acá, que eran mis primos hermanos también. Por eso cuando los conocí fue como, son ustedes, son reales. Lo que recuerdo más bonito y lo que más así digo hermoso es saber quiénes son. Que eras tú con la que yo me siento identificado. Que, que sí, 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 que, que te descubrí y me di cuenta y dije así, no importa, le gusta el rock, le gusta el negro, es punqueta. De hecho, si te acuerdas, no. I do remember that. On that trip, we learned that we both love to draw and read. I remember as a kid sitting on the carpet in pre-K listening to a story about an old lady sleeping as others from the neighborhood pile on top of her and fell asleep. Me recuerdo más feliz es el día en que mi maestra me dijo, ¿sabes qué, Abraham? No haces nada, mejor me dite a sentarte a leerte un libro, vente. Y me dio un libro y me senté a leer. Me acuerdo que era un cuento que hablaba sobre una rana, algo así. <laughs> no recuerdo exactamente de qué. El punto es que desde ahí me di cuenta de que para mí, Valía más la pena conocer y aprender a través de los libros que salir afuera a provocarme accidentes a mí mismo. Creo yo que ese es el recuerdo más feliz que tengo, por lo menos para mí, que fue que, que descubrí que la lectura para mí era algo creíble. We also admire the same person, my grandpa. My grandpa lives in México and is a caring person to the core. He always puts himself before others. I remember sitting in his kitchen when I was visiting. He pulled up a chair next to me and told me his stories of him hitchhiking all over Mexico. I was impressed that he left his hometown at 15 years old and could do anything he wanted. My grandpa is a father figure to Abraham. He offered him to take him to school every day when he was little. He offered us to take him to school every day when he was little. Another person we admire is my Aunt Hilda. She is very hardworking and patient. Also, she taught me the value of hard work. Aunt Hilda used to live in Mexico in the same house as Abraham and my grandpa. When I was about five years old, she moved to Chicago and lived with my family. I was a hyperactive kid then, and I always wanted to do something. My aunt thought it would be a great idea to bribe me into doing chores around the house. She had me clean windows or pick up stuff around the house. For doing chores, I would earn candy. I came to find out years later that my aunt did the same to Abraham and my other cousins. She would give them money or cookies depending on the chore they did. Todo el baño, entonces nos daba unas galletas y como siete. Mi primo nada más decía, este, yo saco la basura o yo recojo esto o así, pues le daba sus galletas nada más y así, o sea, no menos, pero no Even though we live parallel lives, I wish that I could have lived and grown up with him like my other cousins did. Sometimes, I wonder how it would have been to grow up in Mexico instead of Chicago. I feel like I would have been even closer to my cousin and I could have shared the same memories that he shares with my other cousins. I know Abraham has the same feelings about me. A la China. Melissini, la china. Ella creo que de todos es con la única como me siento identificado. Yo lo que puedo decir de ella es que es una persona muy especial, muy importante, es muy inteligente. Por lo tanto, creo que ella tiene una visión muchísimo más realista y 
muchísimo más acercada que la que nosotros. Tan solo el hecho de manejar los dos idiomas, creo yo que eso es muy importante ya. Por lo tanto, me siento identificado también porque pues, tiene un poquito los ideales y las cuestiones que tal vez yo comparto y que realmente nadie en la familia comparte. Honestamente, me hubiera gustado que estuviera aquí o, o, verme, o haber crecido con ella como crecí con ellos. Creo yo que seríamos más acercados. No digo que no lo somos también, si tuviera que describirte una palabra, sería chévere, ¿no es cierto? <risa> sería increíble, la verdad, sería increíble. I adore my cousin because I identify more with him than anyone else I've met. Even though I wish I lived in the same country as him, he's made me more grateful for the opportunities I have here in America. I learned a lot from Abraham and I think meeting him changed me for the better. We might live a thousand miles away, but we live parallel lives. Hey guys, what's up? Don't forget that you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, in Little Village. My name is Emmanuel, and I'm here with a very special guest. Hello, guest. Hi, my name is Melissa. Hello, Melissa. And you are the mastermind behind the audio piece that we just finished hearing. I have some important questions for you. Hopefully you can answer them. Um, my first question is just overall, the whole experience of making this audio piece, how was it? Um, personally, I did um, struggle writing it because like, I kept revising my script. It was just like a really difficult process for me to actually do the aim because I wanted, how do you say, like a more deeper subject of it. And I was like, I noticed I couldn't do it. So I was like, what do me and my cousin have in common? We both like music, we like reading, or like we like we like these specific things and we admire the same people. So I was like, let's write about that, you know, mm -hmm. what what makes us cousins and what makes us get along that way. Yeah. Of all these, of all the pieces here at Yellow Kali that our students made, they're all, all about like our parents, our siblings, this, and you made one about a distant cousin that you probably haven't had any like relationship with as much as um, our other relationships here. So how does that make you feel knowing like you wrote about something that's important to you like that? I mean, I appreciate my cousin a lot. So I obviously, I like my parents. I love my parents. I like my grandparents, but... I was like, I see other people doing that. I was like, I kind of want to do something different. And I was like, I have a really close relationship with my cousin, even if we're not like in the same country or like we're not very close. Like we do communicate a lot. And I was like, yeah, I should write about him. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. And when, um, what did you end up telling your cousin that you wrote about it and like make us made a story about it? Yeah, because I told him if, because he works, so I was like, oh, can I just interview you? And the funny story is, like, I expected, like, a very short answer. It's, like, simple questions, yes, like, no. simple responses. <laughs> the interview was, like, an hour long. Oh, my goodness. So, like, you can imagine the editing and just the yes. cutting of everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and then I just told him that I was using it for this project. And, um, so, yeah, thank you. But I haven't even, like, sent him the link to the audio or anything. So he hasn't even heard it. Oh, I bet he's super eager to hear it. And how do you think he'll um he'll respond hearing your audio piece that you made? I think, I think because he likes Radiohead and I used a uh -huh. lot of it and the background music, so obviously I he's think gonna he'll, be jamming out. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And how do you feel knowing that this piece that's important to you was exhibited and displayed in the Contemporary Jewish Museum? I mean, I feel nice. It feels cool. Nice. You know. Yeah. Add it to that. your portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> First, I mean, I feel accomplished, I guess, that the fact that I did it, I actually completed something. So, and I, yeah, I did like it. It just had, like, the stuff I like personally. So, 
Yeah, it was a great... I think it contributed well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this amazing interview, and thank you so much for contributing to the project What We Hold with such an amazing piece. Again, all the students here made amazing work, and uh, I think you should be proud about what you made because Mm -hmm. it's really good. So thank you so much for Mm -hmm. speaking with me today, and we're going to move on to one more piece by Zipporah, so hopefully you guys enjoy. Artist. Creative. Hipster. Hipstery. Creative. I think everything around you and everything that is about you right now that it, you're using to create your identity is artistic. Look at how you're wearing that sweater with your little mom jeans rolled up. According to Charles and Lizzie, my oldest siblings, these words describe me. I'm Zipporah and I'm the youngest of three. The baby, or as they said, the creator or the artist. When did you realize that, like, at times, like, I would mirror you? I think it was since early on. I mean, you guys always just kind of did the same things as me or wanted to watch the same shows as me, wanted to just be around me all the time and stuff like that. You were trying to be my doppelganger and stuff. I mean, like, it's not even, like, surprising, though, because you're my little sister, because you only want to be your own self, and it was just a little bit annoying, but I understood. Even though having someone follow your every move may be annoying, I think there's a sort of beauty to it, that someone would want to be like you in every way, even if they later find out that they don't want to be like you at all. I think it made me feel good, because I felt connected with you guys okay um when do you think that you started to like become your own individual i think it just happened in different stages i think it started early on like if you could make a analogy of like you know one of those pick your own adventure books when you're younger you have a lot less options but as you grow up you have more options As I inched closer to my individuality, I had more options than were given to me before. If you want to see your life as a choose-your-own-adventure book, that works too. Not only did I have more options than A, B, or C, but I started developing my own book, my own questions. You're more creative. Like, you do all this stuff, all this photography, the way you dress and all that stuff. Like, you've already, like, into that that age, that stage of your life where you're, where you, like, you've branched apart or whatever. Yeah. You just started having your own individual style and things that you would do when you were participating in types of programs that was stuff that me and Lizzie didn't do. Oh, yeah. I don't know. You just started dressing like in... You started taking on something that was different from what just the average person your age would dress. You started taking more artistic, I guess. You know, more thought-out fashion. Yeah. For me, branching out meant Yolo Kali, a youth program where I think a lot of us found ourselves, 
meeting all kinds of people. It meant photography and video. It meant audio and radio. Even if you're picking your own path, there are so many outside forces that can affect you, whether it's your siblings, your parents, or total outside forces. What's important is not letting those things decide your choices for you. My siblings I've spent my whole life with, I didn't know that they felt this way until now. I didn't know how proud they were, how much finding or defining myself mattered to them. I think we're pretty tight, G. Offset! Hey guys, we're back. Don't forget that you're listening to WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, in Little Village. My name is Emmanuel. I'm Adrian. And we're still your amazing hosts for today's amazing two-hour spectacular show entitled What We Hold. Well, um, you just heard Zipporah's audio piece, and unluckily for her, she isn't here. But uh, she had a few words for me to say on the air. She said shout out to herself, um, shout out to her BFF Emmanuel, a.k.a. moi, and that it brought her way closer to her siblings. So, oh, tearjerker. No. But, uh, yeah, I'll give props where props I do, and I think... Of many audio pieces I've heard by Zipporah, I think she ha- uh, tried to have fun with this one, didn't really think about, oh, should I do this, should I do that? She just kind of heard the um, the guidelines talk about something personal, and she knew that family was personal to her and that her siblings meant the world to her. So, yeah, that's what she wrote about. And, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what um, do you think about her audio piece? I think, I think it was really good. I think it, it just had that personal touch, you know? Like you said, she just kind of went off of... Uh, her own thought. She didn't really think about much. You know, she didn't go into the like the little nitty gritty of it. She just went off. Uh, I, she did a really good job, and like mm-hmm. she she said, it brought her close to her family. I think that was one of the main purposes for this audio piece and this project in particular. Yeah. It was to bring us fo- closer to our families. Yes, the the project in general. You're you're um you're super right. I think that in the process of making this, it definitely opened eyes for. And I'm speaking on behalf of the class because that is what I felt and what Adrian felt and what we all experienced here, that it brought us closer to um, those that we love and those that we made pieces about. And, um, yeah, it just really gave us an insight on our own lives. But that was Zipporah's piece, and now we're going to go into talking about our second date in San Fran. Hey, San Fran, day two was Saturday because we landed Friday and it was Saturday. So personally, Saturday was my favorite outfit. I wore a really bougie purple sweater with some, you know, like checkerboard print and some jeans. Actually, that was, um, I don't know. I don't know why it's so crazy to me, but I've never bought and I've never worn jeans. Um, not never, but for the past like three years. And so just going on this trip, I was like, you know, let me get out of my comfort zone. And, um, I, tr- I bought and wore jeans for, like, the first time in a while, so yeah. that was my outfit, and I wore broccoli socks. 
So those are bougie too. And waking up, you know, we had some hotel food. We ate all fancy, used like $80, but you know, it didn't matter because it was the business credit card, you know, swipe, swipe, get that good nutrition. Um, and then we went to the incredible ice cream museum. <laughs> um, have you seen like the photos of like Kim Kardashian and all the celebrities going to like these fancy museums and all that good stuff? Nope. No, no. Well, never mind. But yes, um, in case you guys don't know what the ice cream museum is, can you give them bio? What we went through was the Sprinkle Spectacular. I think that's what it was called. Yes. Right? We got into the rooms, we tasted some ice cream, did some fun activities. There was definitely a lot of photo ops. If you look at our, you know, Instagram page for YOLO, there's a lot of pictures of us. Yes. It was definitely, you know, the most Instagrammable of moments on the trip. And it definitely, uh, speaking on behalf of a YOLO student and someone in the youth council that creates all of YOLO Kali's amazing events, like Chill Set and, you know, all the amazing stuff that we do here, um, it was definitely like, you know, a reverse role. Like, rather than creating, you know, backdrops and an experience for youth and adults and for people to just, you know, explore art and creativeness and exploration and photo backgrounds mm -hmm. or whatnot it was like i was able to experience it rather than create it and i think it was super awesome to just you know like be on the other side of that and be able to like it, it's it's a way to like i guess progress ourselves so that we know like you know in what ways we can make it better and make our events and photo backdrops and whatnot better but yeah i really enjoyed the ice cream museum there was so many fun rooms mirror rooms magnet rooms and can you believe that stephanie walked in like oh no there there's no ice cream you're walking into the ice cream museum boo boo there's gonna be ice cream everywhere so it was like you said the sprinkle spectacular because it ended with a grand pool of sprinkles that we dived in head first and we swam in around for like 30 minutes an hour and we ended with sprinkles everywhere yes i uh took a lot of sprinkles in my pockets in my hoodie and uh when unrolling my jeans at night they ended up coming out so you know i has i has sprinkles for days stuck in my hair um, but yes, that was an amazing experience that you can check out on Yolo Kali's Instagram. Hey. Um, and so after that, we went to check out the Diego Rivera Gallery. Where again? At the San Francisco Art Institute. Yes. Um, and again, you can see that photo on Instagram. And we checked out a mural called The Making of a Fresco, showing the building of a city. Hope you took your notes because that's a pretty long name. Um, and walking in, um, I did, oh my goodness, I didn't, I don't know who, I didn't know who Diego Rivera was. So Hanan was a little shooketh and you know taken back, and you know I was able to experience a new um, artist and what they could bring and um, the amazingness of the mural that we saw and the art pieces that were there because along with that mural um, there was also pieces from the Art Institute and the people that um, go there and take the classes and um, exhibit their art in that gallery so what did you think about that mural in specific and the other art? I was just in awe by the sheer size of the entire mural it was enormous it took up like half the wall and the ceiling was really really high so it's just i don't know it was just really nice to see i had never seen anything like it 
I had not seen any of, you know, Diego Rivera's work or anything. All that I knew about him was that he was uh, Frida Kahlo's husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had never really looked much into it. So you, it was it was a really good experience being able to see all this art, not only his, but of other people, like the gallery that was there. And then it was just really a really pretty area in the Art Institute. We got to see the garden. There was yes. turtles. There was fish, you know. There was a really nice, like, backyard lawn kind of thing that had a really nice, you know, fountain in the middle with fishes and turtles and then we were surrounded by lights and nature and tiles that were hand painted and concrete and you know all that good stuff it was super nice to be able to experience the nature and the calmness and the art that you know we don't really get to experience a lot of here in chicago it was super nice to be able to go over there and experience the different art that they had to offer and environment and space that you could just sit there and relax and create art in and luxury it was just Very really bougie. it was a really relaxing experience, you know. Yes. Um so after that, you know, we took a little ride on the trolley. Um we Hanan and Stephanie decided to sit in the inside, but me and Adrian got the full all-round experience and you know, we stood on the outside of the trolley and you know, I was like, you know, doing my thing. I was kicking cars on the side and I was, you know, living my best life, going up and down the hills because, you know, it's hilly over there. Um, And, yeah, a lot of wind and a lot of hills. Um, And so after the trolley, we went to the Cherry Blossom Festival located in Japantown. Nice. And so what did you think of that festival? It was really colorful. It was, my eyes didn't know where to look. There was, you know, anime. There was a lot of food. There was a lot of corgis. Ch- mm-hmm. You know, Charlie likes his corgis. <laughs> um, there was uh, people dressing kimonos. There was dogs dressing kimonos. Little kids everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really, really fun going in, seeing everything. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of, you know, Asian culture or, you know, here in Chicago. And it's not as mixed as we saw in San Francisco. Yeah. So it was just nice seeing everyone kind of together not having like this separation it was a really 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 good experience yes just seeing everyone oh yeah so just and then there we had some nice japanese cuisine what did you end up having i ended up having a poke bowl yes and i had a like an american hot dog but it had like a special mustard mayonnaise on it and it had seaweed on top and so you know i was eating i was eating real nice and living my best life eating authentically like a kardashian and so after that beautiful cherry blossom festival they then we went to have some thai curry how did you enjoy that experience well uh i personally had the thai fried chicken oh yes yeah uh, I had never tried Thai food, so it was um, it was really interesting. Um, yeah, you kind of like you know dipped your toe in with the fried chicken. Yeah, I just took a whole dive into the ocean, and um, I had like this big old bowl of curry, and um, you know it was uh, different. You know the spices were there, um, and my nostrils definitely opened up, and. Um, <laughs> The food, it was a very interesting experience that I'm grateful I was able to yeah. have because I have never tried uh, Thai cuisine. It was a really nice vibe, too, inside of the restaurant. It was just, you know, really chill. 
you know. Very everyone tiki. Was, yeah, everyone was just, you know, kind of relaxed with their friends and colleagues and everything. You know, it was it was really nice. Yes. And uh, again, um, authentic food that um, we wouldn't have been able to experience here in Chicago. Um, so how do you feel knowing that, that you tried, like, Japanese and Thai food? I feel really good. It was, an, <laughs> it, was a, it was a really nice privilege to be able to go. And not only that, but, you know, we got to meet... Abraham? Yes, a friend of Stephanie, our instructors, um, a very important person in her life. And we met our friend Abraham, and he recommended a Thai restaurant, which is why we ended up going. Um, it was super cool meeting him. Um, he's, you know, a billionaire. You know, you make that money out there. Um, and he works for Dropbox. And, um, you know, he, it was super cool meeting someone that, you know, we we like has his own future and has already accomplished a lot of things. And it's like, you know, um, Oh, I want to like be like something important when I grow up. And he's like a very great example of like, you know, when you accomplish things, just like when you're nervous about doing something, like he says, just do it, just do it. And, you know, look at him now. He's driving a Tesla. You know, we were in a Tesla, you know, we were like, you know, driving downtown and stuff all fancy. Um, but yes, that was the end of our day two. So day three, we ended up going to Alcatraz in the morning. How was that? Because I know that you were super pumped up to do that. It was cold. <laughs> it was cold that morning. Uh, the boat ride was definitely fun. I had never gone on a boat. There was a whole bunch of people on the boat, and the water was just blowing everywhere. Getting to the island, it was a little tedious at first, just because, you know, they were like, you know, wait, hold on. And they were explaining everything. But then once we got to go on the audio tour, which, you know, was really, really fun, they had us go through in a specific order. We were able to see how people lived on the island. Well, they were criminals there. And just the history of the island. I had never really gone deep into the history apart from what, you know, is publicized. And it was really, really fun going through and seeing the history, all the different artifacts that they had there. It was really cold, though. Yeah. It was really windy. It was freezing. But um, I, I am super thankful to have taken the audio tour because I think that, you know, as radio people um, that we are and audio professionals, I really got an insight as, as to, like, how um, audio can be taken to the next level. Yeah, the tour was just um, super amazing with, like, the different sound effects that they had, the, like, real-life interviews and testimonies that they had, and adding, like, you know the ambience of, like, the people in chains and yelling in bars and the wind on the rocks at Alcatraz. And, yeah, like, just, like, um, from an audio perspective, it was super cool to see how, like, that could have been... That, that was brought to life yeah. there and on the island. So after it being too cold for us to stand, we escaped Alcatraz on a boat to leave back to San Francisco. And after that, we ended up going to the museum, the Contemporary yeah. Jewish Museum. So, um... How was it like going to the museum? I had never seen anything like it, if I'm being honest. Uh, the museum, like we saw, we saw the queue from the outside, you know, that was interesting because we had never really, you know, here in the museums, they're, you know, normal, normal building shaped, I guess if you can say what normal is, but um, the queue was just kind of hanging out. We went into the room to see where we were going to be talking and there was like a really high ceiling, but, you know, everything was kind of, you know, not really proportional yeah it was yeah. real like geometric and like you know it was it was really weird architecture and um a really cool building to be in um and we're so grateful that uh the contemporary jewish museum um 
was able to collaborate with Yolo Kali and um, use us students to create amazing audios for them and that they allowed us to come in and get a personal tour that was super amazing. Um, I love the art there, that that specific exhibition that was mm-hmm. there with us. I think that um, the the art there was just super... I, I mean, like, any museum, it, it would be great, but um, the specific art we saw, it was, like, about being your, like, true authentic self and yeah. um your your image i guess you could say so it was super cool and um i definitely say um advise you guys to check out the um the what we hold project if not at the museum at a, on like soundcloud when it's uploaded so yeah the i think that the experience of being able to go and pre- me and adrian present to a crowd of um other students that created amazing audios it was super like impactful yeah, and we were the only ones from Chicago, so, you know, yes. everyone was kind of, like, asking us questions about everything, so it was kind of, like, you know... Yeah, we were the foreigners. Pretty much, yeah. But, um, yes, again, amazing experience. And in case you guys are curious at the other people that were there, there was a lot of... Uh, there was three other, I guess you could say, organizations that were there. Our groups of students from Contra Costa, um, from the Jewish Museum, and from another high school a community high school and so we're going to listen to audio pieces from some of the students there and the first one you guys are going to listen to is a strong jewish woman so hopefully you guys enjoy my name is lila ferris and this is my story a strong jewish woman how do we remember a person do we remember them by their looks by their story What is it about a person that makes our memories about them so indelible? Carrie Weiler was a strong Jewish woman. However, she isn't remembered much by her story, but by her character. Carrie Weiler was born in 1850 in Frankfurt, Germany. She is my great-great-great-grandmother. Before she immigrated, she lived in a German-Jewish community that was liberal for its time. She lived in a time where the Orthodox and Reform movements were both growing in Frankfurt, which greatened the rift between the two communities. Unfortunately, only two of her great-grandchildren are alive today, and that is all they know about her early life in Germany. At 10 years old, she immigrated with her mom, dad, and several siblings to the United States. Her family settled in Washington Heights, Manhattan in 1860. As a 10-year-old, one hasn't really created a life for oneself yet. All doors opened for Carrie when she arrived in New York. There's a saying, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey you took to get there. This might be the case for some, but for Carrie, the destination mattered most. A bright-eyed young girl in the big city. In a bustling downtown Manhattan, 13-year-old Carrie maneuvered through crowds to get to the front. The destination? a parade in which Abraham Lincoln would be a part. The highlight of her childhood was watching him slowly roll through the crowds with his top hat above all and his authoritative hands waving to his supporters. And her life only got more interesting as she grew older. She later married and had seven children in Washington Heights. As time went by, one of her daughters died. Carrie took initiative and raised her grandchildren. In later years, She attended the Spanish-Portuguese Orthodox Synagogue, which still exists, even though she was a Reformed Jew. According to my grandmother, whom Carrie lived with until she died, 
she was super devoted to her religion. She attended synagogue at least twice a week and was so well-known and appreciated there that the rabbi would turn the elevator on for her on Shabbat so she could wheel herself to the women's section. My grandmother always remembered her in a wheelchair. When her old bones made it too hard to go to synagogue, Carrie would sit in her wheelchair with her German prayer book that fit perfectly in her hands with its age and frayed edges. Her wrinkled neck bobbing her head up and down and her perfect silver hair interrupted by a dark black streak. She could sit there all day unraveling the ideas in each prayer. Being a devoted Jew, she wanted to keep kosher. Only, the problem was that she wanted to eat everything her grandchildren made her. She would say things like, Wow, this is delicious. Don't tell me what's in it. In a thick German accent, and would gratefully gobble up anything that was made for her. She never took any medicine or went to the doctor, my grandma exclaimed. Carrie Weiler was o- wasn't only strong mentally, but physically as well. I can see Carrie in me. Her devotion to the people she loved really strikes me, because I am the same way. I am always there for the people I love, and I am so thankful for them. Not only was she devoted to the people in her life, but she was also devoted to her Jewish identity. Having just found mine, I feel more like myself than I ever have, and I now understand why Judaism was so important to her. The words written are majestic, and the values are beyond valuable. I surround myself with the community every day when I go to school, and it's the most fulfilling feeling to know you are surrounded by those who share a common love for your religion. So did you think that you were a wizard? When I was younger, yeah, I did. I remember turning 11 and being really excited to receive my letter from Hogwarts school, but (laughs) (laughs) it never arrived. What I'm referring to is Harry Potter, a global phenomenon book and movie series first written in 1997 by J.K. Rowling. It's a story of a wizarding world through the eyes of a young boy. I grew up on the books, then the movies. My parents, however, experienced the story later in their lives. Like when that came out and there was like all these stories about like kids lining up outside of bookstores and how cool it was that all these kids wanted to read these books. I was like, okay, great. That sounds awesome. But I never read any of it. So I got into it because we were watching the movies, but I still had no desire to read them. And the first time I ever picked a Harry Potter book was when I was bored in the Leader House in Provence, and it was like book three. Mm-hmm. And I was reading the third book by myself in this like middle of nowhere country house and going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, it's really good, it's really good, it's really good. And I was like, ah, crap, now i got to start, now i got to go back to the beginning and read them from scratch. I was with my best friend Jennifer. And we were visiting one of her dear friends, Honey Lee, and her daughter, Aretha. Aretha was sort of not very talkative with Jennifer because she was her nose was buried in this book. And Jen started asking questions to try and find out more about what Aretha was reading. And she just started speaking muggles and um, all just different, <laughs> you know, Harry Potter. And who's Harry Potter? And there were owls. And it was... It was craziness. I had no idea what she was talking about, but definitely the one word that stuck with me for a really long time and her trying to explain it was muggles, which I thought was just the most awkward word in the world. But it kind of disappeared off my radar until the first movie came out. When did you start reading them to me? We were so excited. We had them all. My dad gave us a set, but we were like 
no way. <laughs> this is way too complicated for a little kid, you know, and scary. So dad waited until probably you were six. And I remember that your dad was said, I said, it's really scary. I don't, I think it's too early. I think the books are really for nine-year-olds. And your dad said, I'll read it slowly. And you did. You paced it out over years. And your dad would read for a long time. And he would do the voices. I remember your Hagrid voice was really good. Yeah. I don't remember seeing the movies for the first time, but I remember like seeing them at home. Yeah, we didn't let you go and see them because you were too tiny. <laughs> we were really excited. We couldn't wait until we could show them to you. Do you um, remember the first time you heard the audiobook? Now we were driving down to Mark's for Thanksgiving, and we knew it was going to be a really, really long drive, and I was dreading it, but it went by like that, and we didn't want to leave the car because it was so amazing, <laughs> that story. Yeah, we were all, I think, completely taken by it. Although the Harry Potter franchise will always mean a lot to me, the characters, the theme parks, the books I've read, the movies I've seen. In the end, for me, it all connects back to family. All my memories with Harry Potter are fond memories of being together with my parents and my friends. I don't think I've ever experienced something like this that I felt as connected to, and it will always be something extremely important to me. When I was, you know, pretty, still pretty young, probably still pre-elementary school, I would hear conversations between my father and my mother, or my father and relatives at family gatherings. Um, and this is, was during the war, so this was in the early 40s, and, um, and I would hear really horrific things. I'd, either they didn't know I was listening, or they thought I was too young to understand, I'm not sure which, but I would hear really terrible things about what was happening within the concentration camps and with adults, with children, families, and it left an indelible impression on me. When I got older, I actually started having nightmares about the Nazis coming to America and going after us in New York. My grandmother, or Nana, as I call her, was born in 1939, at the advent of World War II. Growing up, her Jewish identity was confusing to her. Her family wasn't religious, but they spoke in Yiddish and read Hebrew newspapers. They were clearly different from their Christian neighbors, and it didn't feel like a good difference. You know, that whole feeling of embarrassment, of not really wanting to advertise that I was Jewish, kind of being ashamed. Why do, you know, the Jews were being killed in World War II, you know, the concentration camps, the ovens, you know, I, I heard about all of this. And, you know, Jews getting beaten up. And then my father would tell me stories like when he was a kid and there would be an Irish gang on the next block and a Jewish gang on this block and how they'd fight, you know. And it just seemed like, being Jewish was a risky and not good thing to be. When she was in seventh grade, some of my grandma's fear about being Jewish became reality when she was beaten up by a girl in her class. I don't remember the specifics, but it was to do with being a Jew. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I, you know, it was a woman, it was a girl who, who did it, who beat me up. She was 
in my grade, but she was just big. She was this big Irish, I mean, she was big. <laughs> and But it's a very funny, and her name was Maureen, couldn't be more Irish. And, um, and they called her Big Mo. <laughs> and Big Mo, we started fighting with me on the school bus, and so the school bus driver, stupid guy, throws us both off the bus, leaving me alone with her at wherever this place was that we were at. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm spunky, and even though there was no way I could compete with her and I knew she could just beat the crap out of me, I fought back. You know, a little bit, but I fought back. And she... <laughs> so amazing, she afterwards, you know, we stopped, and she respected me after that because I didn't just cave and cry and squirm on the ground, you know. And I wouldn't say that we ever became friends, but she sort of became kind of a little bit of a protector. You know, there was just something interesting. So I thought that was pretty interesting, and, you know, maybe it helped give her a different sense of what a Jew is. Now my grandma has come to embrace her Jewish identity, and this same sense of tenacity is one of the things that she treasures most about it. It's it's me. It's it's part. It's who I am. You know, I can live in Fresno, California, or I could live on Long Island, where all my neighbors are Christian. But I know who I am, and I'm not ashamed of it. Yes, I'm very proud of Jewish people and the Jewish. I mean, I don't know where religion ends and people begin. I mean, I'm very proud of how Jews have historically survived and succeeded. And I mean, I'm very proud to be Jewish. As a child, my grandma disowned the part of herself that was Jewish because it felt dangerous. But following the path to wholeness means claiming the parts of ourselves that can feel risky or scary. In my grandma's story, her bully turned into her protector precisely because my grandma refused to recoil. Hearing her story makes me wonder about how, when we are willing to claim the many varied and potentially challenging parts of ourselves, we may be met with surprising support. Many people have stories about starting with nothing and then becoming a successful person, but my grandfather's was very special. He was born in Czechoslovakia with five siblings, and he lived in the Slovak side in a very small town. He was ex an extremely smart man, and when he was younger in his town, people would even stop him on the street and ask him math problems. And when he would solve them, he would receive a quarter. And then when he was about 10 years old, his brothers and his dad died of a disease. At the age of 15, my grandfather went on a youth group trip to Europe with his, well, with a youth group, and then the war broke out, and um, they realized how bad it was, and so he had to be smuggled into Israel, and he couldn't return home, and he was 16 years old at that time. He didn't know a word of Hebrew or anyone that he, that he knew for a fact was alive. At this time, his sisters and his mother were being sent to Auschwitz. When he arrived in Israel, he was told to change his name to Mordechai Tzur and joined Nahagna, or Israel's army, before Israel was a country. He fought the British to get out of Israel and was in charge of ammunition in his unit during the war. He was then enrolled in Teachers College. He met my, um, 
he met a woman on a tra train and he was she was crying because she was kicked out of her apartment. My grandfather offered her a place to stay and soon after that they got married. Mordechai joined the army again and my grandmother had a son while he was in the army. He returned to see his son and my grandmother said it was the first time that she had ever seen him smile. He was so depressed from the war he had, because he had lost everything. He needed a new family to make him feel better. He then got a job as a math teacher and then a few years, few years later got a PhD in education at Columbia University. He moved back to Israel and worked for the Israeli Department of Education. He wrote math textbooks and the Israeli and the department sent him to Argentina um, with to help with Jewish education there. After that, he had two more sons and he moved back to Israel. You just listened to a couple of audio pieces from the other teens at the What We Hold event in San Francisco. And uh, the title of the four pieces um, you listened to. So it was A Strong Jewish Woman by Lila Ferris, A Wizard by Tobias Snowsmith, It's Who I Am by Elizabeth Levy, and it was My Grandfather by Jordan Smith. Yes. And uh, those were um, four of the many other um, youth that were a part of this project, um, What We Hold. And um, it was from the three other youth organizations or groups or high schools that we mentioned earlier. And what did you think of some of the pieces that you heard are the ones that we heard now? I think they were really, really personal. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that's definitely apparent in all the audio pieces. They talked about stories that a lot of us probably wouldn't have heard. You know, we've heard about, like, they talked about uh, the times of the Holocaust and all that and their yes. history. And their stories that we might not hear, they talked to their grandparents or other relatives, and they brought these stories forward. And, it, you know, it's really nice. I think this project, it, it was a really great experience being able to listen to these stories. Yeah, and I think it was super impactful to hear about these specific topics coming from youth that um, you don't always hear, and that this project helped to push the other youth that were associated with this project to... Um, talk to families and to uh, talk about important topics that um, I think it's important to get on audio and um, to just start conversations in whether it's San Francisco or Chicago. So yeah, I'm super happy that we were able to um, make connections with the other teens when we presented our audio pieces and at the at the exhibition that was over at the Contemporary Jewish Museum, and we were able to meet some other youth that do cool things that we do um, in other places to hear about their processes and their inspirations and their lifestyles and just, like, everything in their life impacts them and how we just all connect through audio and a crazy dimension of sounds. And, um, yeah, it's just super impactful and crazy to hear about other people and to hear their work. So Yeah. I'm super grateful for that experience. And now, you know, I bet you guys have been wondering, Emmanuel and Adrian, why are you sitting here? What have you done to earn this honor? Well, you guys are about to find out because we're going to listen to our amazing audio pieces. Mine titled Mi Amor por Folklore. And then mine titled The Split of Me. So hopefully you guys enjoy. Hey guys, we're back. Remember, you're listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. Broadcasting live from Studio Y Yolo Cali in Little Village. Mami, ¿me puedes decir una historia de cuando eras niña? Cuando era niña, 
mi mamá me enseñó en México, donde yo vivía, que en Navidad en México no viene Santo Claus. My mom is the biggest influence in my life. This was an example of the billions of random stories that she's ever told me. Little did I know that later I would inherit her gift of storytelling. I tell stories in many forms, through writing, photography, radio, or even audio pieces. But beyond that, I also tell stories through dance. I've been a member of the dance group Ballet Folklorico Sochil for eight years now, and not a day goes by where dancing is not therapeutic for me. It all started when my mom came to pick me up from the Boys and Girls Club one day, and I went a little something like this. Buenas tardes. Hola, señora Leticia. ¿Cómo te puedo ayudar? Vengo por los chiquillos. Hoy, oh, wait. ¿Tienen un folclórico aquí? ¿Aquí? Sí, señora Leticia. Vaya, sí, está. Ok, voy a ir a buscar a Emanuel para decirle que allá voy a estar. Emi. I'm going to be downstairs in the basement in the folclórico. Ok, so si quieres, espérame aquí. No. Ok, pues venga. No. Mira, Manuel. No te... <risa> bueno, entonces vamos, pues ya. Since the moment my mom opened that door, a drive to dance was sparked, combusted, ignited, and exploded in her. Hello, um, can you say your name? Leticia de Lara. And what is your relation to Emmanuel Ramirez? He is my second born, and I have the scars to prove it. Uh-uh, not in my audio piece. <laughs> okay, well, Senora Leticia de Lara, can you explain any past experience you've had with dance growing up or as a child? It was very, very small. I was always the, ch the chubby, a uh, girl in the classroom. I was very tall, but also was one of the chubbiest girls there. So I always felt very insecure about any type of physical activity, whether it was sports or dancing. I always loved dancing. What does folklorico mean to you? Um, it used to be something that I um, really, really, really wanted to do and didn't do due to that shame or uh, an insecurity that I had. Until one day when, as an adult, I came across this ballet folklorico in the area of Chicago. It's called Ballet Folklorico Xochitl. So I decided that I was going to join. And not, I wasn't going to care about my appearance or how good or how bad I was at dancing. I, I needed to do this for myself. And so I did. I joined eight years ago, and I love it. I think it's a great way to not only preserve your your uh traditions, your roots, but also our traditions need to be shown to people, especially those that belong in our community. Of all art forms, why folklorico? Because I really like music, I really like dancing, I really love traditions, and I think 
Folklorico is a perfect picture to show the variety, not only in music, but also in customs. It just invites you to like enjoy yourself and just dance. How do you feel knowing that you sparked a drive to dance in me? I'm a proud folkloric mama. mama. <laughs> and then her same drive was sparked, combusted, ignited, and exploded in me. I can remember the first performance that she ever had. Okay, ya me voy. Wish me luck. Bye. Portense bien. My mom left home early that day so she could go perform at some fancy hotel. Meanwhile, I was left home alone with my dad and siblings. While my mom was gone, we went to go check out a nearby car show. All that I could remember was missing my mom that whole day, wishing that we could both be away performing together, being able to run scrambling around backstage, and the thrill of dancing for a crowd being able to do something so beautiful together. I knew deep down inside, beyond art, my mom was my passion, my drive to join Folklorico. Folklorico definitely brought us together and our love for dance and Mexican culture strengthens and unites us as a family. Above all, family is the most important thing in my life. Family doesn't mean blood. Family is someone that I can relate to, someone that I can vibe with, someone that I've posted on my Instagram, Someone that makes me smile for an insignificant reason. My family is important to me and makes me who I am. Shout out to my mama. That's a wrap. Hey, wrap on the video. Talk, talk. <laughs> Thank God. Being of two different cultures is always a struggle, but I can really feel the split of my two cultures when I travel to Mexico and come back. I can see how these differences affected my parents' lives and how they've affected me for as long as I've lived. In Tepecoacuilco, whenever I go there, we always get up early to help with all the chores that my grandma, Lucia, needs to be done for the day. We get up at six, we help feed the various animals, we help sweep the house, we help wash the clothes, and we help do anything else that she needs done for the day. In America, we don't wake up until about 11 in the day to get our chores done. Maybe this is what makes a day seem so short when we're here in the US. Compared to a day in Mexico, it all seems so laid back after a hard morning when there's fewer worries and there's more time to do what we want to do. Since I was little, my dad has always gotten up really early to go to work. In his free time, He'll sometimes regale us with tales of his childhood and the everyday struggles that he went through. Mi nombre es Jaime Villanueva. Tengo 44 años. Nací en noviembre, noviembre 3 de 1974. Soy de Guerrero, México. Mi pueblo se llama Tepecopuilco, Guerrero. My dad came here to try and earn a better life. He wants to try and find better work than the one that he would have found back in Mexico. Para la escuela, mi, mis papás me... me me sostenían para ir a la escuela, después para, para salir adelante, me dediqué al, al criadero de gallos de pelea y, y vendía. Especially emphasize his younger days when they weren't as well off. 
My grandparents struggled to provide much for him, my six aunts, and my uncles. He would get up really early, he would help my grandpa, he'd then leave for school and go look for some small job to earn some money for himself. Cuando tú te vienes aquí a los Estados Unidos, pues te la pasas. Si tú quieres salir adelante, tienes que trabajar. Y allá en México, pues tienes uno a tus papás y allá lo que hacía nomás era ir a la escuela y llegar, jugar con mis amigos. Sí trabajaba más cuidando mis, mi criadero. Pero es lo que yo extrañaba. Pero aquí no es en los Estados Unidos. Si no, si no trabajas, no comías. My family tries to take these values and they try to apply them now here in America. It doesn't always work though. Times have changed so much from how they used to be, and it's really different from what my family experienced back in Mexico. En parte, mi, mis papás no se negaban de que me viniera a los Estados Unidos porque decían ellos que era muy peligroso al venir para los Estados Unidos. Ilegal. Ellos me, me decían que me que siguiera estudiando. Yo estaba estudiando para uh, ingeniería en electromecánica en México. These traditional values that had been so deeply ingrained into them growing up, of working hard, earning their money in an honest way, providing for their family, and always having these gender-specific boundaries can't always be used here in current America because of the geographical location and the values have changed from what they had been decades ago. Y todo por ver a, a gente que iba de aquí, llevaba, que llevaba cosas, pues uno se ilusiona de, no, pues yo quiero tener lo mismo que ellos llevan. Se ilusiona uno en, en el sueño americano y pues uno se quiere venir para los Estados Unidos. Even then, my family, particularly my dad and my grandparents, can't always seem to move away from what they've learned. They always try to apply some of these values to me but it doesn't always seem to work because so much has changed from what they knew growing up. Yo en verdad pues yo no sabía cocinar, no sabía ni lavar un plato, porque pues, uno cuando está en México todo lo, lo hace la mamá, todas la mam las cosas pues que la mamá hace todo. Y aquí te vienes a los Estados Unidos y pues ni modo, aquí uno viene a trabajar, a, a salir adelante. Still, having my parents teach me these values that they learned as they were growing up has definitely changed me and the way that I see things around me. Hey guys, we're back. Don't forget that you're listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, and Little Village. My name is Emanuel. And I'm Adrian. And we are back again and you guys just heard both of our amazing audio pieces that won us uh, the grand ticket to san francisco i'd like to say adrian we'll we'll interview each other here um what was the inspiration behind the audio piece that you were making well i had talked to my dad a lot about his life when he was younger but i had never gone to you know deeper parts of his life i had never really talked about or to him when like how his experience was when he came here to the united states I had just learned, you know, the usual story, like, you know, I came across the border, there was a lot of danger and all of that. You know, that that, that was really interesting to hear, but I I had never really asked him how it was when he was younger, what he experienced, what changes came to him. Um, it's, he, he was new here, he had never, like, been here, he had never experienced anything like it. Because, like, my dad said, uh, everything was pretty much done for him like chores and all of that was were done for him in mexico by my grandmother and 
having to do everything pretty much for himself, cooking, cleaning, all of that, was so different to him. And that's just, I think it was just really great to hear it. Mm-hmm. What was the experience of, like, creating from start to finish your audio piece like? It was fun at first, and then it was a little stressful <laughs> in the middle. And then by the end, you know, finishing up, brushing everything up, it was it was really fun. It was really great. It was nice to hear the final, you know, the final version of it compared to what it had been at the beginning, like a 20-minute interview plus, like, my own uh, recording of the, like, script and everything. It was really, really fun. Yeah. Um, and how do your parents feel? after hearing your audio piece uh my mom cried a little bit (laughs) um she she really liked the audio piece my dad really liked the audio piece too um i think they really really liked that i was able to do this it was something i had never done before and something i had never thought that i would probably do before so just having me doing it and them listening to it i think it was a really great experience for them too yeah and um How do you feel knowing that your piece was in the exhibition? Knowing that I was in the exhibition, I feel really, really great. I hadn't, like I said, I'd never thought I was going to do anything like this. I never thought I was going to be presenting work like halfway across the country where a lot of people are probably going to be able to listen to it. So I feel, I feel really, really, really great. I I don't know how else I could say it, but you know, that's probably the simplest way that I could say it. I feel really great. Nice. Well, me, I um, I definitely was just, um, I'd say the hardest part for me was um, having to get out of my comfort zone. Usually, um, tending to to do more uh like happy pieces, crazy pieces, obnoxious pieces, <laughs> um, but definitely like talking about my family, how I feel about my family, um, what my family means to me, and uh, the love that I have for my mom was definitely something that uh I had never put on paper, put on audio, um, said to myself out loud. But, um, after, after having had this experience, it was eye opening and I was finally like able to collect like a lifetime worth of thoughts that I had, um, and to create a, um, and condense, uh, like a piece that, um, means so much to me and, um, that I'm super grateful and satisfied with, um, how it all turned out, and um, yeah, I I think we can both like attest to like that it was it's something that means a lot to us, and something that uh we're super grateful that we as youth were able to push ourselves to in and um to make, and uh that we accomplished it very well, and uh that yeah I'm just like grateful to like have this MP3, and um I'm I feel like years from now I'm gonna be like. Yep, I made that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Because it, it's one of the pieces yeah. that I'm most proud of, I, I'd i say. Yeah, I think this whole experience, it was it was really eye-opening. I'm really proud that I was able to, you know, exhibit my piece. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so um, on our final days of the trip, we were able to go to Oakland. We, um, uh, it was more so like entering the hood of California. It was like uh, the Chicago of California. Yes, yes, the the um, Chi Town of Cali. Um, And we um, 
wanted to, um, you know, enter some museums, some cool stuff. But sadly, um, everything was closed on the Monday. So we weren't able to experience any art. But, um, you know, Stephanie's bright ideas popped in and we ended up finding like a local record store that we walked in to. Um, and I don't know, it like worked out perfectly and beautifully because um, it was like we came all this way. Like, you know, whenever you try something new or go, go a new place, you always want to try new things. Like, no, I'm not going to do that because I have it back in Chicago. And there's record stores over there. But I think just like being in a completely different environment with completely different people and, you know, having four days of like not having been around like the, the norm, being able to go into that record store was super like cool. And like just to be able to chill, you know, and I took a little nap on the couch. <laughs> And um, being able to, like, because uh, I know you and Stephanie bonded over finding records, right? Yeah, I was helping her find records, you know. I She taught me how to use a uh, record player. Um, she taught me how to look for music. And it was just a really great experience. I was able to get closer with Hanan, with Stephanie, and we were able, you know, just yeah. all of us were able to get closer because of this trip. And just, we were able to get out of our comfort zone, if I'm being honest, throughout the whole trip. A lot of stuff that we did wouldn't be things that we would have done if we were here back in Chicago. Yes. We didn't really do things that we find here. We were, we went out and we did new things. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was really eye-opening. It was really fun. Yeah. You know? And so. um, after end, ending up going to uh, the record store um, later on, you know, I was tired of, you know, I just wanted a good meal. So we ended up, you know, having a real nice burger later on um, that, you know, I'm so grateful that I was able to have because, you know, it like just, you know, made me live again. It made me become a manual again because, you know, the best meal ever. Um, and then after that, um, still in Oakland, we ended up going to uh, check out youth, uh, youth radio. So mm-hmm. how was that like? It was interesting to see how other people um, do what we do. Yeah, uh, it was definitely different. I mean, th- just the size of the building. Just the way that they do things and they run everything is different. It, it was just a really great thing to see. Like, more people are able to do this. More people are able to experience, you know, um, making audio pieces and everything and hear themselves on the radio. I'm, I think I'm happy doing this. And I feel like a lot of other people are happy doing it, too. So it's just really great to see how other people do it. And it was really nice that they gave us a tour, too. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was uh, I don't know. It, it was just super cool, like, all all around because it was like a me- it was just like walking into Yolo Kali but like across the country mm-hmm. like it, it was like California's Yolo Kali um it's actually like an organization that um like they have youth art program i guess you could say um they from it's they're located in Oakland and uh they have a program where you start you know as like a rookie and then you make your way to the top um, where you're like, you know, advanced and they have all kind of like, you know, technical, um, arts, like uh, photography, making beats, making raps and videography. writing videography, um, photography, all that cool stuff. And then later on they go into, um, like more advanced. So, uh, they, it could be like, you know, making audio pieces like we do or, um, really like professional videos, um, and photography and, um, it's all like run to like work their website, which is super cool. Um, and it takes you 
places because I know Yola Kali is definitely taking us places. We were able to go to San Francisco, which is awesome. So um, I don't know, just being able to see another environment where kids like us from the community are able to go to their Yolo Kali and they're able to um, pursue their dreams and like make, um, make magic out of just their creativity and talent is super cool just to see how um, other youth are doing it in their own ways and using the resources that are provided um, to, you know, make their magic and make amazing work. And uh, the private tour was amazing. It was super cool being able to, like, you know, get a tour of the whole entire building, um, all the, like, they definitely got funding because they had a bunch of like, you know, high tech equipment, um, stuff that, you know, like was super amazing. And, um, it was, it was super cool because they had mentioned that their radio broadcasting room was inspired by, um, by how it it used to be in Pilsen when they did Radio Radio Arte, um, how it had like, you know, the window and, um, people from the community that are just like you know walking by are able to uh see youth sitting down on the consoles um broadcast live talk um play audio pieces you know dj and um yeah just do their own thing yeah you know that's super cool um that it's like something that happened over here in chicago inspired something over there in in uh san francisco and um that yeah i don't know it it's like a seed that flew over there and then sprouted over there. Yeah. So just how like other things can inspire other things. So um, that was a wrap up of our trip and um, coming back. How did you feel? I felt pretty sad. I did feel really sad too, but I was glad to be back in Chicago. Yeah. Like, walking back um, into the airport and seeing our families there. Yeah. The people that put us there because we wrote about them and talked about them. Um, yeah. I was super grateful to have um, my family there waiting for for me and your family, they're waiting for you. Yeah. And just the overall trip in general, uh, I know I worked hard for that trip, and it, at the end, it all paid off. And I was, I was happy with um, the opportunity we were given to make an audio piece that um, benefited ourselves, and also um, like other people could listen to it and talk about their own personal experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thankful for the museum to be able to have allowed us to go. Um, and you know, shout out to my mama, shout out to my mama. So yeah, that was our trip. And, um, do you have a shout out to you? Because of this? Um, you know, just my parents, I was, you know, helping me. They supported me throughout the whole thing. Um, my dad for being able to open up and tell me more than what he usually would. Um, and just the museum and our instructors, Stephanie and Hanan for, yeah. um, taking us along with them. And the museum funded the trip, and we were able to go and, you know, visit California and uh, talk about our audio pieces with other people. So, you know, yeah. yeah. So um, let's give a little recap on everything that you guys heard. So we started with uh, talking about what the project was, um, what we hold, and then we you heard all of our um, fellow students at Yolo Kali in the class of Your Story, Your Way, and the audio pieces that they created and how their experiences went. And you heard four other audio pieces um, from kids over in S- and youth over in San Francisco and what they created and what they had to s- talk about and what they wanted 
to put out into the world as being a personal experience and personal topic for them. Um, we're super grateful to have gone on this trip. And um, don't f I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Uh, don't forget to follow Yolo Kali on their social medias, on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Tumblr, Twitter, you know, all that good stuff. And uh, shout out to Stephanie, you know, for always making the magic happen and um, being able to be such a great instructor and push us to do our best. Hey, Stephanie behind us. Oh, Stephanie. I'm crying, guys. Uh, I don't see no tears. <laughs> but, uh, yes, thank, uh, thank you all for tuning in and listening to this amazing show. Um, and don't forget that these audio pieces will be on SoundCloud. So you guys just listen to them. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. So um, thank you all for listening. And don't forget that you're listening to WLPN, LP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, and Little Village. My name is Emmanuel. And I'm Adrian. And you heard what we hold. Peace. Hello. It's me. I haven't heard from you in a while. I hope it's because you're listening and enjoying our amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, amazing, astonishing, highly amazing <gasps> production. If not, you should listen to our radio show, What's Up, again. In the meantime, we'll be working on the next one here in Lumpin' Radio. So stay tuned to our next amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, astonishing, highly amazing broadcast. I hope that you are informed about the awesome parts of life and that you will have a splendid day. Don't forget to listen to us on SoundCloud at Yolokali. On social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Yolokali, or visit at YolokaliArtsReach.org for more. We are the